And now it really is my privilege to introduce our keynote speaker. His congenial personality, as you all saw last night, makes him welcome wherever he goes. His client list includes not only local buyers and sellers from his own market in Beverly Hills, but also some of the most prestigious and influential individuals and CEOs worldwide. As he will share, he knows the importance of setting the highest goals for himself, his broad scope of servicing estates, condo, and income-producing properties has propelled him to the highest levels of production in many of the Los Angeles West Side neighborhoods. He's a member of the Caldwell Bankers Society of Excellence internationally, and, and I see him all the time, on HGTV's popular series, Living LA. Please join me in welcoming our guest, from Caldwell Banker Residential Brokerage in Beverly Hills, Christoph Chu. Well, good morning, everyone. I don't know, I don't know much about Tim McGraw, but that video brought me to tears. Did you all feel that? I had chills in my body. Um, it really made me think because being humble and kind and gratitude and perseverance. I mean, first of all, I am truly so grateful to be alive today, to have a, had a, a wonderful life of, of experiences and joys and hardships and heartaches, just like the rest of you. We all have stories. We all have good days and bad days. But just to be here today, to be with such an amazing group of agents, because I know each and every one of you has your own story of wondrous successes and hardships, financial successes and financial failures, uh, physical wonders and physical hardships as well. We all experience the same things. But yet every day for me, I really have to constantly focus on and think about all of the amazing opportunities I have, everything around me that is so wonderful. And I don't care how bad my day is, I can be grateful for something, grateful for being alive, for breathing, for having a family and friends and wonderful clients and a team that supports me and a company that supports me. There's so many things to be grateful for every day. And I thought I'd share a little bit. I actually, I first want to ask about the audience. Who here has been in real estate less than five years? Oh, well, one. Good for you. Congratulations to be here. <laughs> Who's 10 years or less? Okay. Uh, 15 years? Okay, more. 20? Who's 30? Wow, that's impressive. Who's over 40? Amazing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a little bit about my story. Um, first of all, how, often, how long do you think I've been in real estate? Five years? Yeah. 10 years? More? 20? 26 years. I can't believe it myself. I turned 48 yesterday, but I started real estate at 18 years old. And my story is basically this. My father was an immigrant to the United States in 1961 and was one of the founders of Koreatown. He came here with a couple hundred dollars in his pocket and he started the Koreatown community in Los Angeles. My mom, she was a, a country girl from the southern eastern part of France, not the French Riviera. I'm talking about the poor part of south of the France and the eastern Atlantic, I mean the Atlantic seaboard. She came here with a dream. She came here and she became a hairstylist. And my father, at three years old, divorced my mom, and I basically was with my mom, my stepfather, for my adult years. 
I felt like I never really had support. My mom worked hard every day. She'd be up at 6 o'clock in the morning, going to the hair salon working. My stepdad and I never got along. We were like literally oil and water. We fought all the time. But my mom was always just this country woman that loved her family, that always did the right thing, would give her shirt off of her back and every bit of food she had to help someone else. So I was raised with that ethic. Luckily, since I was about six years old, being half French, half Korean, uh, even though my parents were not rich, I did get to travel a lot. So starting at six years old, every summer, I would spend three months in summer in the country in France with my relatives. They were farmers and they had cows and ducks and geese and growing vegetables. So I was really raised on no money, but raised on a wonderful lifestyle of love, kindness, and family and support. So, why do I say that in particular? When I was about 12, since I was young, and I guess because I'd been to Europe a few times, by the time I was around 10 or 12 years old, even younger than that, I used to always have these huge dreams. I'd draw pictures of castles, and I'd, I'd had a Lego set. It wasn't like today where you had all those fancy Legos that are already pre-made. I would make like limousines and make little fake little airplanes and these crazy concoctions saying, I'm going to be rich someday. I want to have an amazing life, and why not? We all deserve to be rich, and we all deserve to have an amazing life. Why not? Because it's just as easy to be rich as it is to be poor. If not, it might actually be more difficult to be poor, probably. So anyways, I always had this dream of what I wanted. So at 12 years old, my parents didn't have money, so it's like, how am I going to do this? So my mom suggested um, her customers at the hair salon needed their apartments cleaned. And the job that we had to do was on the weekends, on Saturdays, my mom was at work, my sister and I had to clean the house, mop the floors, you know, we had to do the real work, do the laundry. So I know how to do laundry. I don't do it today, but I know how to do it. <laughs> so I learned about work ethics. So 12 years old, I remember this, I'd go at 6 o'clock, no, 5.30 in the morning with my mom to the shop, she'd get the donuts, I'd help wash the customer's hair, get them coffee, kind of serving people, taking care of people. And she had this customer named Karen Bernardi, uh, not Karen, Karen Genova, and she, I remember when I first went to clean her apartment, I was highly allergic to cats. This woman had a two-bedroom apartment with shag carpeting with Persian cats. But I was, you know, 12 years old, and I'd get there like 8 o'clock in the morning. She'd take me from the beauty shop, and I'd work from 8 till 12, sneezing and itching and ready eyes. But I worked my ass off, and I cleaned that apartment like no one's business. And I made $60 each time, which back in 1970-whatever, that was a lot of money for a 12-year-old. So I realized that if I wanted something in life, first I had to dream about it and set a plan for it and work hard to get it. Then from 12 on, I valet, uh, 16, I valet parked cars. I worked at the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, I worked as a cashier at Dupars. I worked at my family's restaurants in the south of France, serving espressos, making drinks behind the bar. I mean, I just did kind of any job because I loved to work and I loved what that working and that contribution, even though I didn't know it as a kid, what that did for my life. It gave me opportunities to live the way I wanted to live. So I wanted to share something that I wrote down because it took me a long time to write this down and I'll never remember it from memory. So I thought I'd just actually read it to you because this really, to me, talks about how we can manifest, which many of you have done in your lives, manifest what we want in our lives. Prosperity is a state of grace. It's a state of well-being and abundance that is completely within your grasp. It is your right and your true duty to be happy and wealthy, but you must choose it. And for us, every single day we have to choose it. We may wake up feeling great and happy, then two deals fall under the water in the first thing in the morning, right? Or our parents are sick, or we don't feel good. I mean, there's always those ups and downs. So we have to constantly choose, sometimes 10, 20 times a day, 
to be in that state of gratitude, in the state of kindness, generosity. You ought to be rich because you have no right to be poor. To live and not be rich is the misfortune, and it doubly is a misfortune, because you could have been rich just as easily as being poor. No matter where you are or how frustrating the obstacles before you seem, you can overcome them. You have the power to change your world by changing your thoughts and your feelings. Generate the thoughts and feelings that will attract wealth to you as it will force you to emanate a powerful magnetic force field that will open the flow of prosperity in your life. Alchemists, and this is truly what alchemy is all about, in ancient times believed that the connection between the spirit and our heart and soul and matter was a result of the flow of great thoughts in our minds. As you emanate and generate vibrations of love, kindness, gratitude, abundance, success, joy, prosperity, your life will be reshaped by those vibrations. You will emanate an energy that will attract to you what you want. And that is truly the secret of manifestation. So being around 13 or 14, I'm like, how am I going to get to where I want in life? And I read a I don't know how it came to me. I found a book by Catherine Ponder called The Power of Prosperous Thinking. And as a young person, I didn't like school. I barely graduated high school. I mean, literally barely. And, um, but as a young person, I'm like, OK, I read this book. And it talked about affirmations and writing down and creating in your world what you want by writing it down. And by writing down what you want, those things would manifest. And I've read many, many books since then, like James Allen, As a Man Thinketh. Who's read that book? Oh, if you haven't read it, I suggest you get it. It's called James Allen, As a Man Thinketh. And basically, the whole very short book boils down to, as you think, you shall become. So I always had that opportunity since I was young to be able to write. Even though I wasn't living in that world, I could write down and think about what it was that I wanted to become. And as you create the list of things, and I'm sure each and every one of you has done that hundreds, if not thousands of times, to get to where you are today. Because you're successful selling hundreds of homes, 500 homes, because you set a plan, you created a, a way to get that plan into action, and then every day, as Maureen talked about, you do what it takes, and you work hard, and you persevere, right? Don't we have to go through struggles every single day in our businesses and lives? Right. So you have to keep moving forward in that direction to, to get us to where we want to go. But how do we actually do that? So at, at 16 years old, I was found in LA by a top modeling agency, and they decided to have me become a fashion model. So I started modeling all around the world, which was great, because all of a sudden, I was brought into this lifestyle of lots of money and lots of expensive parties and nightclubs and all these fun places to go, which was really exciting. And I really loved that. And I started seeing how the visualization and the, the manifestation of what I wanted was happening because I'd been thinking about and planning that all these years. And many of you met my wife last night. So we'd started, we met it when I was 12 years old. We started dating when I was 18. And shortly after you know, dating, she says, you need a more stable job. And I thought, what'd you have in mind? I didn't know anything at 18 years old. She says, how about real estate? And I honestly thought at 18 years old, I could drive a fancy car, be my own boss, show pretty houses, and make a lot of money. I didn't know there was such a thing as escrow, or title, or loans, or drama, or disloyal buyers, disloyal sell. I didn't know about all that stuff. So I just thought, oh, this can just have fun and make a lot of money. And I think people today with all those TV shows still believe that. <laughs> but we know that's not the case, right? So I, that's how I, I basically, I was modeling in Europe that summer. And I had, um, in those days, Lumblow Real Estate. Did you ever hear of that company? 
Anyways, they had these home study courses, and I was literally laying on the beach at Club Sank on Sank in Saint-Tropez, reading the real estate books, studying for the exam. Came back, uh, passed the exam. I went to the coal banker office at that time that was near my house. I went to the manager. I said, I'm going to make a million dollars a year and drive a Rolls Royce. She thought I was nuts. I mean, she did. She didn't hire me. So I'm like, okay, on to the next, right? One failure, you go to the... So uh, that was in Las Feliz. So I'm like, okay, what's at Hancock Park? So I went to Hancock Park. And we had this British manager named Joe Love. I interviewed with her, and she, had, she hired me. And I started selling real estate. So the first year, I did what most agents do. I had open houses once or twice every weekend. I set the floor up desk. Do you guys have up desks here in Florida? Okay. So, oh, north, sorry, in <laughs> northeastern seaboard regions. So I sat at the floor desk like every two days a week, open houses twice a week. Nothing was happening because I was sitting and waiting for things to come to me, just you know, positive manifestation. But I didn't realize the other part of it is you have to literally go out and do something. So as opposed to just kind of sitting and just writing it down, you have to physically put your body out there. So the manager came to me and I'd sold, my first deal was a $43,000 co-op and I made like $1,700 commission. Barely covered you know, a quarter of my expenses the first year in real estate. And the manager says, Christoph, you've been in the office for over a year and you're just not doing well. You have 90 days or you're out of the office. And I'm like, oh shoot. Because I mean, I didn't want to leave. I was in the best company in one of the best offices aside from Beverly Hills. What am I going to do? I learned, I, I, I was kind of scrambling for a few days, and I, and I went to a Roger Butcher seminar. Anyone ever hear of Roger Butcher? Okay, this is like 89, 90. And his seminar was all about prospecting. I never heard the word before, really, prospecting. Um, but it was calling expired listings for sale by owners. Well, that seemed to make sense to me, because I figured these are people that want to sell, or tried to sell and couldn't sell, because there's nobody I knew at 18, 19 years old that were going to buy a house for me. None of my friends could afford a house. My family and friends, you know, who's this 18-year-old going to sell their property? So I literally started spending every single day, three hours a day, calling expired listings. I mean, literally. And it was tough. Who's ever called expired listings for sale by owners? A lot of you here, right? Yeah, right, Jill, we know. So, but that's kind of how I had to start, because I had nothing else. And it was, I mean, literally for 16 years straight, all I did was get to the office 6, 6.30 in the morning, I read my affirmations first thing in the morning. And you know, I have an affirmation partner five days a week that we, I, we get on the phone at a specific time and she reads her affirmations and I read my affirmations. To start my day in a positive direction of thinking about what I want versus what's going on. Because the bad stuff's happening anyways, right? So do I want to think about that and focus on it? Or do I want to think about and focus on who I am inside, who I want to be, and how I can help my clients and contribute. And one of the affirmations I say every day is, I prosper everything and everyone now, and everyone and everything prospers me now. Because I truly believe in the world of life, whatever you give out comes back to you. So if you're not giving and contributing and helping, you can't expect the universe to give that energy back to you. It's, 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 a, it's a flow. It's a, it, life is all energy. Our bodies, our minds, the world around us, the wind, the sun, it's all an energy flow that, that's in harmony with each other. But there's always a, a forward and a back, and a forward and a back. But are we giving that energy out? Another thing I do every morning is I write down the 10 things I'm worried about or fearful of. And I remember when my coach, Tom Ferry, said that to me. And I think Tom spoke here last year, right? Yeah. When, when they said that to me, I'm like, why would I write down all the things I'm worried about, or stressed about, or upset about, or even once in a while angry about? Because we all have those feelings, right? But I'm like, if I'm writing it down, because my mindset of affirmations and writing things down, I'm like, 
I'm going to manifest that in my life. But he's like, no, you have to get that first thing in the morning out of your head, on paper, so it's out of you. And then the next thing I do is I write down all the things I'm grateful for. And I don't care if you've lost all your escrows that morning or you're broke that day because you've spent all your money and no deals have closed in six months, because we've all probably been there. I have. Um, I can't be thinking about that. I have to keep moving forward. So I write down always, and I say out loud, all the things I'm grateful for. And that list is always much longer than the list of things that I'm worried about. Um, but it, it just shifts my mind and my energy every morning because I'm going from what is going on and what I don't want or I'm worried about to what I'm grateful for. And then I write down and I think about what are the things I affirm as my intentions for the day. Every day I say I'm going to be happy. I'm going to feel fulfilled. I'm going to enjoy my day and make it fun. I have to make sure that's one thing every day in my business. I have to have fun. You know, it's stressful what we do, so you've got to have fun. So, like, for me, I try to go out to lunch every single day. And in Beverly Hills, we have you know, some of the best restaurants in the country within a walking two blocks from my office. So why not meet another agent that's in town and brainstorm with them? Meet a potential client. Meet a past client. Uh, meet a client that I'm you know, showing houses to to get to know them better. And really connect. Because I found years ago when I, I did a survey of my clients, I always did a good job with my clients, really took care of them and, and really, from my heart, make sure the deal was right and do the right thing and make sure it was taken care of. But I felt there was a disconnect with the clients. I started interviewing my clients and asking them, how did I do in the job? Were you happy with my services? Would you use me again? But then I, and I said, and the, the recurring theme kept coming back. We love you. You're really great. You guys really took care of things efficiently and quickly. But we felt we couldn't connect with you. And I said, what do you mean by that? Well, sometimes it'd be nice if you just, when you're done talking about the escrow or what's going on with our listing, if you just kind of check in with us and ask us how we're doing, how our family's doing. And that really hit me because I really, truly care, but I sometimes got so caught up in the day-to-day, -day, just getting the job done and performing well and succeeding that I forgot about the importance of those connections. And, and we're all just human beings, all going through the same issues every day of hardship and heartache and happiness and love. So I just started really focusing more on that true interaction and really showing the clients that I care, not just in the performance aspect, but in the performance of connecting as another human being, as another spirit. Because we all truly are connected. And when one of us is down, it brings all of us down. And when one of us is happy and giving love, it's, it's an energy that, that kind of goes to everyone. So that's kind of my story and my mindset and how I came. And uh, starting about seven, eight years ago um, at another Tom Ferry conference, I was t told by Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, he says, Christoph, you're Mr. Beverly Hills. You're like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Start being a DJ for content in your community. And I didn't quite at first know what he meant. And this is when videos were just coming out, Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn, all that stuff was really just kind of starting to be popular. And YouTube had just purchased, uh, Google just purchased YouTube and Tom, and they're like, you gotta start doing videos, you're great on camera, just start doing videos and talk about your community. I went on the break and bought my first video camera and did my first video at the Palm Desert Retreat. It was 118 degrees outside. And I said, what the heck am I doing here in the middle of Palm Desert in the height of August and 118 degrees? And I said, I'm here to learn, to grow, to help get better at what I do so I can help my clients achieve their goals more and succeed in their life and I can succeed in my life. And that was my first video. I was doing video after video and I started getting into the use of social media 
And today, you know, seven, eight years later, um, I teach all around the country and around the world on how to use social media to basically build your brand, uh, expand your brand, and to get more business. Who's here really uses social media actively? Who doesn't? So there's still a few that don't. So just want to share with you, you can't understand or imagine the opportunity you're missing on social media. I'll give you an example. To me, social media, whether you're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all these platforms, it's basically an opportunity to show who you are and to brand yourself. And all I need people to really remember is my name, Beverly Hills, Los Angeles, luxury and real estate. That's all they have to remember. And that's all they really need to remember because they're just scrolling through fast, looking. If you have a great image, they may stop and look at what you're saying. If you have a video, they might click it and watch a few seconds of it, but you gotta capture someone's attention. And it's interesting because since the use of social media started really six, seven years ago, when I meet agents like I do all around the country at these conferences, I might meet 300, 500, 1,000 over a few days. I get all the business cards and try to connect with them on social media, and I do. But then the issue is, quite often, none of them ever post anything or ever comment. So if I don't happen to know someone in a particular part of Connecticut, if I don't see them on social media or they don't interact with me, I don't really know to think of them for a referral. So it's so funny, this week I had a referral for a $3 million listing in Sonoma, and I know I've met four or five agents in Sonoma over the years, and some that I have had dinners with, but I couldn't remember. And I tried to find them on social, but I just couldn't find them. So, and it's sad because these agents that are in Sonoma are top brokers at Coal Banker, but yet because they don't do enough posts on the platforms that I pay attention to, I didn't remember them. So I had to call the manager of the office in Sonoma to help them find me a referral. And then the lady that I got the referral, I actually did know her. I'd met her at Jen Blue New York a few years ago. And so I gave her the referral. But I thought to myself, what a missed opportunity for agents out there, particularly if you're in a market where you have a lot of other feed buyers coming in from different markets. You know, those of you that are in resort communities and the northern eastern seaboards, that's an opportunity for you to build your business and grow your business and build friendships. And in today's world, it's so nice that when you have friends that you might see only once a year or twice a year at a conference or traveling on vacation, but then throughout the rest of the year, you can see them every day, you can comment with them, chat with them. It really makes life a much richer and more wonderful experience. And again, the more we can create a rich and wonderful experience for people around us and share with them and help them and be part of their worlds and be part of their lives, I think that really helps to, to grow ourselves and to help grow the friendships and just to make everything a little bit better.